I had to quickly find so yeah, well you obviously win, but yeah. I haven't had the time as well. Yes, I have good. I haven't had time, gentle viewers, uh, to Christmasify this room. So I found some cheap lights in the Christmas bag. And look at look at how Christmassy this horror horror podcast yeah. is. <laughs> Isn't it? I know you... Oh you've changed You've got wish well, up as well. I've just noticed that. Yes, another thing for gentle YouTube viewers. Uh, normally, I would have the film that we're talking about, mm. just a little, you know, the DVD, the Blu-ray, the VHS. Um, I don't have Black Christmas on 4K yet because it just came out in 4K. So I plan to get that oh. for the 4K collection. So I figured I just put something else here. So I put Wishmaster on VHS here because Wishmaster's great. I do love a bit of Wishmaster. Film. Yeah, it's great. It's great. So here's there you go, folks. There's some Wishmaster there for you. Um, and this is a good transition in a second to you something you need to talk about vhs wise yes, before we do that before we do that welcome back to the dreadcast everyone this is episode 29 that was going to be last yeah. week but we skipped a week so this is now 29 yes and right. we will eventually be getting into the 1974 same day release as the texas chainsaw massacre mm. uh yeah. one of the best christmas horror films the original october 11th 1974 yep. Yeah, came out the same day. What a day for horror films to come out. I oh, know. Uh, Black Christmas, one of the best horror films in my eyes and probably now yours, now it's your first time seeing it. Yeah, it's... I mean, I wouldn't say it's... Actually, no, I would say it's high up there on my list now for hmm. you know, great it's, horror films. But Christmas because, horror films. Oh, for Christmas horror films. I mean, this is yeah. the Christmas horror film I've watched, so, you know, it's perfect. And But it's it's up there now purely because of how many moments in this film when you watch them you can you can see other slash films going oh that worked really well we're gonna take that we're gonna stick that in our film oh that did too okay let's have that and you can see how the slasher genre was effectively built well not just this film but yeah. were built around a lot of the the plot elements that they did in this yeah completely it, it, it definitely felt felt like a uh I don't know, like a, a stepping stone to hmm. the, the, it was, it was kind of like the original slasher. It came out the same day as Texas Chainsaw, but it's part, it's part of the original slashers. Um, you oh, would yeah. have had thriller Gold films page. before this, like many, many thriller films before this with a killer or whatnot. But this is the, this is the, I would say the big time origin of slasher films. Correct me if I'm yeah. wrong internet horror folk mm. do correct us because we don't know everything I, about horror i think most people when i was doing some background research for this film do agree that this is one of if not the original slasher film or at least a yeah uh, a proto slasher kind of like psycho was they they considered psycho a 1960s psycho a pro yeah. pseudo slasher because of some of the elements, but I would say that probably Black Christmas is where they fully went. Okay, right, build on that. Yeah, that's where it kind of took off. Because I mean, obviously, if you were to compare the two films, Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, and Black Christmas, probably Texas Chainsaw was the one that was much more of a success at the time. Yeah, whereas black christmas took a long time to get that cult status and uh accolades it deserved yeah yeah that's a good point about psycho like psycho norm norman bates i guess is a slasher but i wouldn't well, I was... call it 
I would put this much more of the stereotype horror slasher film than Psycho I don't know is. If, if I would, I would say, see Norman, but I was having this debate with myself: is was Norman Bates a, a slasher or not? Because he only he started he killed uh, or he tormented I can't remember her name it escapes me because she came to his hotel yeah so he never actively sought her out similar yeah. to uh, Leatherface yeah he's quite content to be left alone he only well, we always say certain killers yeah. if you don't go to their shall we say area Freddy, you're fine Freddie and uh, Jason and Leatherface if you leave them leave their little you know areas alone. They're, they're probably quite chilled. Yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't class Norman as a slasher purely because he he doesn't really seek people out. Mm. Unlike Freddy, Michael, uh, Chucky, yeah. whose motive is like, I'm going to go out and create as much carnage as I can. Yeah. Leatherface, Norman, and uh, Jason, like we said, if you leave them alone, mm. they'd probably be quite happy just to be like, cool, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I, I mean, like I said, we'll put, probably, hopefully, I, I actually hope we get corrected or pointed yeah. out. Actually, this is one because it's content. So come on, folks, get some comments. Come on. Uh, but yes, 1974, Black Christmas. Um, but before yes. we get into it, we have a VHS segue to get into. We do. Oh, uh, yeah. more so, more so for the video uh, viewers. You yes. can, you could describe it for the audio viewers. Okay, so it's rectangular in shape. Uh, it's very plasticky. Um, That's very detailed. Bit. Yeah, I know. It rattles a bit when you shake it. So when I did this, when I picked it up, I rattled yeah. it. Oh, that's a VHS. Ooh, okay. But yes, it was my birthday the other week. We did Event Horizon for we my did. film of choice. We did. And Tom sent me a little VHS. He sent me Hellraiser. Oh, yes. yes. It's now, incredible. Yeah. Now, it was, I, I, I do have my own. Oh, probably shouldn't shake it. Somewhere? It, well, you've got the Hellraiser neck figure. I can see that. I do have, yes, I do have my own. Uh, yeah, there it is. There it is. It's a, it, I, I'm not to, not to piss on your bonfire. It is a re-release. That's right. It is a re-release. But it's only because originals are hard to get. Come by. True. What, 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 However, what, 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 we got, we got, we got, inside, you get all the other films as well. Yes, by Cinema Club, yeah? yeah. There's one there, Elvira. Mistress Elvira, of the yes. Yeah, um, so that's Cinema Club's re-release, like, collection. I've got a few Cinema Club um, re-releases. Phantasm, there's another one. Yo, Phantasm's uh, been on my list for a while. What other ones we got? Mm. Oh, well, Easy Rider, that's a great film, though. It's not horror, yep. film, but it's a great yep. film. Yep. Uh, I think that's the only other horror films in this. The rest of them look like they're. Oh, Taxi Driver, that's a cracking film. Taxi Driver, Oliver. brilliant. Yeah. Oliver's not bad. Oliver is not. It's, it can be scary. Some, po some points can be scary. I mean, Victorian England is terrifying. Now, I will tell you. Now, I have another figure, which I'll show you in a second. I oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yep. Story. Now, I was the day that this arrived. I had to go pick this up because it took two weeks to arrive. But yes, that's you know, due to current strikes and whatnot. And I was out with the missus, and we were out with the uh, the daughter as well. Mm. And when I I opened this in the car because I was very excited to open this, and I I showed the missus, and she went, "Oh!" So we opened it up, and we took it out. And we explained to 
the daughter and said, this is what streaming used to be. This yeah, in theory. In the 90s growing up. Yeah. And when you watch the film, now this is for, you know, maybe our younger viewers yep. who weren't around when these things were out. Yeah. When you watch the end of it, it didn't restart itself, right? You had to rewind all of that back to the beginning. Oh, it was just hearing that. And if you didn't have a fast rewind, because, you know, like on DVD players, kids, remember DVD players? Remember them? You get like the fast forward one, then times two, then maybe times 10, then times like 100. This, if you didn't have a fast rewind, it would take you a couple minutes at least just to get back to the beginning. And if you're really unlucky and your VCR player was terrible, it would try to eat the tape. Yep. So that yep. was always fun. And I if remember that happened a few times. Even more, more unlucky, and you can't rewind, you have to do it yourself, like you would have to do with cassettes. Yeah, like with your cassettes, yes. you get a pencil or a pen in, and you yes. you have to twist it and rewind. VHSs, you can do that. It's a bit tricky, a bit tougher. You have to, it's like a cog. Oh, yeah. But, um, oh, man, I missed, I missed doing that in the 90s. But the yeah. other, the other collection oh, yes. is, of course, second segue, yeah, new figure. The, this is the third. Well, this is the fourth Necker figure that I have. Sorry, but it's the third one in the series. There he is, classic yeah. mummy style. And where is he? They he have, now, oh, he's not on there. I think we yeah. talked about this before, but like I, I've never really personally been into Ninja Turtles. But what I am interested in is the fact it's the Boris Karloff mummy, right? Yes, exactly. It's the, original, it yeah, it's the Boris Karloff mummy theme, yeah, which is cool. That's really cool. Well, this is this is why I like these ones. So it's the classic Universal monsters that they are pairing them with. So we've had where is he? Keep it? talking. Keep talking. On the side, we have had Raphael as the original Frankenstein, great one. Leonardo as the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yep. Obviously, Michelangelo as the mummy. April is coming out as the bride of Frankenstein. Now, I did think she was going to be Elvira, but I was wrong. That's all right. Well, Never mind. The, the thing is, is it definitely the hunchback? Because I have here, is, yes. here's my, uh, yeah. I have the uh, Universal Monsters Blu ray collection. Oh, and on that. here is a great collection. We have Dracula, Frankenstein, the mummy, the invisible man, bride of Frankenstein, the wolf man, phantom of the opera, and creature from the Black Lagoon. I don't know where hunchback falls in with that um uh, like we've got a book you get a booklet with this and all the backstory you know all the, all the good films but i you know i'm not too sure i might have to i might have to see if someone knows but necker did re- release a they did like a 12 days down uh christmas so here you are this mm-hmm. is all of them there i'm looking so I'm we looking. have Raphael. yeah as frankenstein's monster leonardo as the hunchback yeah. Oh, I can Mikey, see, actually, he looks a bit hunchback. He does. The box, I mean, it's incredible. This is the box for Michelangelo and Raphael. Yeah. Leonardo's is like that. Because he's hunched over. <laughs> of the hunchback. Yeah. And if we go back, you have Donatello as the original Invisible Man getup. Yep. I yep. believe. Splinter is Van Helsing, which is quite cool, yep. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now... Obviously, April is uh, Bride of Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Now, Casey Jones is technically not a universal monster because he's actually the Phantom of the Opera. Well, no, we have Phantom of the Opera here. Yeah, original Phantom of the Opera. Well, there you go. Casey has the Phantom of the Opera. I must admit, I'm kind of... Universal Pictures. They they don't have Shredder as something. But then 
technically would he not have to be a good guy i suppose but i did see that uh for all the musical fans ones you can in fact now get the ninja turtles yeah. musical music tour with all the guitars and stuff i showed my missus and she went you're not having them they're just like, they're just oh, milking that franchise now aren't they they are but yes let's turn but them I into have, anything i have now found i might have yep. to go on a shopping spree maybe in boxing day sales yeah in my local shop i can get the original invisible man i can get the original mummy and i have now found frankenstein all in their black and white variants so they do uh, look are you tasty. are you talking as in the necker figures the necker figures but yes. uh, but the actual they're all black and oh white. fantastic yeah. so they release two versions you have the color versions which yeah. are obviously yeah. color versions but in order to really pay tribute to when they were black and white they released a black and white uh variant including putting the i think the original posters so you'd have the color version yeah which would be different and then you'd have a black and white like poster version as well they look incredible. That's really cool. I had no idea they existed. Yeah. That's great. That would be that would be a really nice collection to have the original monsters, the original Universal what monsters. I, I haven't. What I'm gonna. Easy, easy. I know. So, is I really want to do is to get this one and then yeah. have like the mummy as well, yeah. so you can show the two of them together. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good comparison. That would be. Yeah. Well, I need right. Now. Right. Back to your regularly regular scheduled programming. Yeah. Today's episode, Black Christmas, nineteen seventy four. Um, premise, very simple. Sorority house. There's a killer. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of, it kind of reminding me a lot, even though I've seen it before. It's a premise is very similar to like Halloween, some party massacre. Killer, no motive. No pestering this sorority house. People get picked off one by one, and we're left with a final girl trying to deal with the situation. That is the simplest yeah. way to describe it. But I well, one thing I, mean, I love about it really is that it's like with Halloween, the Slumber Party Massacre, the killer, which I'll get into later because I've got a lot of notes on the killer, has no motive. Has, like I said, no motive. We don't need an origin story. No. We don't need a why. It's just batshit crazy man. That's it. Oh, yeah. That's it. That's it. Throughout the whole of this film, he, like you said, he pesters these these pesters these lovely girls in the yeah. sorority house. You got to give him props because he's, he's his ability to mask his voice and change his voice is incredible. Oh god, but, I've got the notes on the those phone calls. Yeah, Holy shit! Even even when you get to the end of the film, you're still sitting there going, "I don't know why I did that. Why yeah. is he doing this? I'm not sure." But it was it it works because it leaves you with that suspense. That oh most, completely. Now you'll hear me say this a lot during this view, which is that suspense of ooh, is he still out there? What's he done? Yeah, yeah. It's something that loads of slasher films, especially in their first films, copied because mo- obviously most of the time when you release a film and you have ideas for a sequel. You're, you're always pegging it on if this doesn't do well, there's no sequel. Yeah. So you always leave it on a little bit of a cliffhanger. Yep. And if it does completely. well, you're like, okay, sequel time. There you go. Yeah, completely. Obviously, this one never got a sequel, so it's it's still on a massive cliffhanger. 
I mean, yeah, like the, the whole thing with the sequel is exactly like with Halloween one, where Loomis shoots him, I believe, five times, and he falls out the balcony window, and then he's gone. And then all the shots at the end of the film are shots of Haddonfield, but basically saying he could be here, he could be here, he could be anywhere, yep. he's still out there. And then, of course, yeah, we get yeah. to the second film where there's an origin, there's a, a story, he's got, a, there's a reason for it, which we don't want that. No, I don't want to see. You don't want a sequel to Black Christmas. I don't want a reason as to this guy was Jess's long lost brother who escaped a mental asylum, and mm. his his traumatic childhood made him who he is, and he's come back for her. She got the perfect life, and he didn't. I no, I don't want any of that. <laughs> it's it's interesting you mention that because they. Uh, so Bob Clark, who directed this film, I can't remember the guy who wrote it. I do apologize. Oh, it's okay. He was he was friends with John Carpenter, of course. Now you know, famous yeah. for Halloween, and they had a conversation after because after Bob Clark directed this film, he basically went, "I'm done with horror. I've had enough." Yeah, because he wanted to do other things. He'd done a few other like horror-ish films before this, but Black Christmas was like, oh, "That's it. I'm, I'm out." And John Carpenter asked him, "Well, if you had a sequel to Black Christmas, how would it be?" Yeah, and he said, "Well." I tell you what, we'll have the guy arrested. He's gone to an insane asylum. He gets out. He goes back to the town. He goes back to the house. He starts killing again. Yeah. And they have to try and find him. And John Carpenter looks and went, oh, yeah, that sounds really cool. What would you call it? And, of course, he went, well, easy. I'd call it Halloween. And pretty much four years later, John Carpenter went, I've got an idea for a film. Halloween. Halloween. (laughs) It's going to be... That's similar to uh, a story Eli Roth told in his History of Horror podcast about how he like came up with Thanksgiving. And I think he mentioned mm. that. And that like how so many of the holidays had now been taken up, like Christmas, yeah. Halloween, with the like especially with the holiday in the title. April Fool like we did, April Fool's Day, April Fool's Day Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. A lot of these holidays have been taken up. Uh, Valentine. Beast the Bunny. Well, let's, folks, let's not forget uh, about the Beast of Bunny. Uh, do go watch that on Amazon Prime. But yeah, that's why you said Thanksgiving. Although you did, we'll maybe next year, Thanks Killing, you did find. I did um, find Thanks Killing. So yes. maybe we'll save that for Thanksgiving next year. <laughs> yeah, why not? That'd be great. But um, yeah, uh, sorry, yeah, um, I lost my train of thought. Then I went on the Eli Roth. We're talking about holiday films. Eli yeah, Roth the holiday films. by something. Yes, and basically, I was just reiterating what you said about how John Carpenter took kind of not the advice; he kind of took the idea and went with it in his own way. And Eli yeah. Roth would have done that if he could have got Thanksgiving, got the ball rolling on Thanksgiving. Oh, um, but at least with John Carpenter's great. Halloween, the the premise is kind of the same in a way, but it's fleshed out a lot more. It's fleshed out yeah. a hell of a lot more rather than. Like I mean, we don't we don't even see the killer pretty much in this in Black Christmas. We see his eye and maybe his silhouette. It's a lot more fleshed out as to Michael. We we got we 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 got the story of what happened to him as a kid. Went to the asylum Mm. and then escaped. That that's it. It's a little bit more fleshed out than Black Christmas. Yeah, I I would say with in terms of the slasher genre, Mm. obviously, you know, you can't really pin down. I mean, if you were to if you were to be really picky, you would affect you could say, right, well, Black Christmas, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, these were the two films that really sort of went, okay, here's the golden age of 
slashes and yeah. kickstarted it. But I would probably say you would you would have to include Halloween with these three purely because you have Black Christmas that created a lot of the not tropes, what's the word? Staples. Yeah. Four slashes that did it. Texas Chainsaw Massacre as well. Built on a few of them as well. But I would then say Halloween, like we said, you know, it was heavily influenced by Black Christmas. Filled in the remaining gaps, which was, okay, you have this unknown slasher, but you can give a little bit of a backstory to them yeah, to set the scene so people know who he is, may not know his motive, but at least you're like, okay, right, it's Michael Myers. Let's see what he gets up to. Yeah. Whereas obviously yeah. in Black Christmas, we get to know his name. Well, that's it. who are we? Is it Billy? Yes, it is Billy. Because he, it's is Billy he because it's mentioned a few times in one of those weird phone calls. Yeah, is he referencing himself? And I feel like he's referencing maybe like trauma from his mother, like shouting at Billy yeah. or like yeah. I I yeah. wanted that. See, I um, it. This is why this film. I thought it was. It is a great film. It's fantastic because they they don't they don't give you any information about this guy. It's no. You get these weird phone calls. That are, if you're trying to listen to them, they're quite hard to understand. It's really they're horrific, high pitched, squeaky. There. But every now and then, you hear bits and you think, "Oh, oh wait, that is that his mother? Is he referring?" Yeah. There's a bit with something about a baby as well, and I sat there going, "Oh, okay, is was he? Did something happen with a baby in his childhood? What's going on here?" Yeah. And they give you little bits of information, but for the majority, it's up to the viewers to think, "Okay, well, maybe that's why he did it." But I think. Why he's after the sorority girls, that's still not clear, I don't think. But there you go. It's it's that that part is very similar to Slumber Party Massacre. There was no rhyme or reason mm. why that guy just started killing people. He killed people at the school, killed people uh killed yeah. uh, the female electrician the at the school, yeah, in the van, and then just went to a slumber party a slumber party and just started massacring, pun intended. Yeah. Then there's no there was no reason. There was no now here's the reason that I'm going to tell you for five minutes the yeah. reason why I did all this. I don't need that. Like, yeah. and it makes it scarier. It makes it scarier. No motive always makes it scarier, and especially when he's crazy psycho like this guy was. <laughs> oh yeah, this guy is is clearly off his rocker. Um, the first the first note, and this has got this has not really got much to do with the film. I just want to get this out of the way. I don't get America and sororities and fraternities and all that it's it's, it's such an american thing. thing no it's well i think at my uni we had we had clubs there was like the snowboard the skiing snowboarding club there was like the rugby club there was yeah. nothing I as serious as sororities yeah so i've I, never understood it i see so yeah, when i was at uni we had you could join clubs yeah but it was i think sororities and fraternities it's it's much it's a it's a much bigger thing because they're I think they're they're quite hard to get into, and especially hazing nowadays. Yeah, you hear about the hazing that goes on. You just sit there thinking it is it does not sound worth it to try and join one of these clubs if that's what you have to go through. The idea but, of hazing where you could literally lead someone to suicidal thoughts because they're trying to join, in theory, a club. It's just a club. Yeah, that's it. You live I mean, in a big house like this one, which it's a massive house where I think about five oh, yeah. of them live. Five. 
There's only a few bedrooms that we see. Yeah, there's, there's quite a lot of them. Well, it's the, weird. There's a lot of girls at the start, but then yeah, most of that's them the vanish. thing. The ones um, we know live they, there. They'll just leave. The ones we know live uh, there are Jess, played by Olivia Hussey, Bob. the main final girl. Bob, uh, Phil, Phyllis. Yes, I love Bob. In fact, I love a lot. A lot of these characters I really like. Yeah, uh, and again, it's what well, it's it's another staple. Oh, it's weird. It was a staple where the victims, shall we say, yeah. care for them. You really care, like the Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre vic- girl, uh, uh, Sally victims, Sally. You really care for them, and you you need you need them to escape yeah. because they're built up in such a way that you can see. You could probably watch this film and go, "Oh, I've got a friend like that. Oh, I definitely know something yeah. like that." Yeah. Whereas, sadly, in a lot of modern horror films, you just sit there thinking, "I don't care about you. Just just hurry up and die already. Yeah. Come on, just get killed." That, that's a really good point. Like that would be that would be interesting to go through a selection of horror films and think do i really care about these people or am i actually invested in these these people i think i said that we're going, I think we're going off on a lot but it's a good discussion when i talked about martyrs had been in my top five it was because i cared so much oh, about yeah. the two league girls oh. i cared so much about them. if if they were written in a completely different way acted in a different way i wouldn't care about them and then i would just not. see it as like a this is a boring torture porn for the sake of being torture porn you know, well, yeah. Um, Black Christmas. Yeah, you do. You do care about them. So you got you got Jess, Bob, Blair, who is our first victim in the oh, first five Claire. minutes. Yeah. Uh, which yeah, they get onto there. Claire, um, Phil or Phyllis, I think she's on the glasses and the big hair. Oh yes. So that's four. You, that are, you there's have, also uh, Mrs. The, oh jeez. Mother Mrs. or mother? I wrote it down. Um. She's like the ha- oh, she's called the house mother. She she basically runs that looks after the house. I've I've got the cast up here. Yeah, she's I've got notes well a few notes on her because it's interesting. I feel like she's slightly part of the comic. It's a weird comic relief. Oh, Mrs. There. Mac is that her name? Yeah, Mrs. Mac. There Mrs. you go. Mrs. Mac, you yeah. you spot on with the comic 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 relief because there are black comedy aspects sprinkled throughout oh, this yes. film. We have Mrs. Quaif. I can't remember who that was. We, we, have... we know there's four be- five, five bedrooms at least. Four girls on Mrs. Mac. So there could be others because it's a big house. Yeah. See, I reckon that obviously it's a big house. It's supposed to be a sorority. Yeah. Obviously there's quite a lot of you know, people that would live in this. But I think due to the, the premise of this film is it's set at Christmas time. And I think it's Claire just before she dies. She says, well, you know, I'm going home for Christmas. I have to yeah. pack. So yeah. maybe a lot of those girls... You know, off camera just left. It's like, right, we're yeah, going to Christmas. We're off. Yeah, um, and the yeah, ones that possibly. left hadn't. So yeah, could be that. We don't see many have... rooms. Like, I think there's about three floors, uh, but we don't. The hallway is kind of. You got the stairs. Claire's room. Turn the corner, and you go up the stairs again. The, the hallways don't spread around like you would in, no. say, a, I don't know, an old timey horror house where a hallway goes down, then goes left, then goes right, then goes up. This is a. Big, quite a big open house where you can see the stairs go up hallway, turn around up hallway, and that's it. Yeah, I'm tr- I think we see Claire's room, Bob's you room. We definitely see Claire's room. See the basement. We have a basement. We see yes. the loft. Yeah. Uh, Living room. I, there is, kind of open. There's another downstairs. room where Mrs. Oh, Mrs. Mac. I have so many notes on this lady. <laughs> yeah, with her alcoholism. Uh, yeah, <laughs> mainly, mainly. 
she must have secret hidden places all over this house because she just pulls out bottles of alcohol. She pulls them out from the toilet, and I was like, "Oh, you're not going to drink that, are you?" Oh, hey, look, when you got a drink, you got a drink. Apparently, she got the drink. Um, I I like, yeah. Go on. Of course, uh, we can't forget John Saxon. Yes. Oh, yeah. Let's let's get into the cast because um, it is a great cast, and yeah, John Saxon's fantastic because. I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street is his other, the biggest horror film. But he is also Um, in From Dusk Till Dawn. He is, wasn't he? Yeah. Briefly. I type in Briefly from Dusk Till Dawn. Horror film. Because Margot Kidder was in the original Amityville horror. Yep. She was also in Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Halloween 2. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Yeah, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Oh God! Who did she play in that? I haven't seen. I've watched the first Rob Zombie Halloween I film will, a couple of times. The second I one is appalling. You. The second one is appalling. I've watched it twice, I think, and I think that's enough. She was also very famous for course playing Lois Lane in the original Superman films. That's where she I knew was. it from. Yep, she was in the Clown at Midnight. There you go, another slasher film. <laughs> she was. She's been in loads of horror films. Blimey. Yeah, uh, Halloween she... 2, she was Barbara Collier. There you go. Yeah, uh, I'm not even that bothered that I don't recognise that name from that film, I promise. <laughs> I, I, she, it, I haven't even seen it either. In this film, like, like each character has um, has kind of like their own aesthetic and it's played out really well. Yeah. Like Jess obviously has a situation with her partner. She's pregnant. She doesn't want to keep the baby. She's uh, very serious. Peter, she's a very serious character. A little bit timid, but very serious. Barb is kind of the... She could be the party animal. She's always got a, a cigarette lit. She's either always drinking. Yep. Uh, she's a yes, lot yes. more confident, like, when speaking to the policeman about talking about the new phone extension being fellatio. She, she's a lot more confident. Yes, that was great. Phyllis, for Phil, seems a bit timid as well, but also a bit on it, a bit stern. Uh, Claire, Claire. Briefly, we had Claire. Very briefly, she's. I think she's the polar opposite of Barb. So though two of them over the phone call, they clash hard. So Barb kind of, they have a phone call. I can't remember what it was about. It's something about. Oh, they get a weird phone call. They get someone called the Mona. Yeah. They think it's someone the f- called the, the first Mona. phone call. Yeah, yeah. The first phone call, and it's it sounds like a couple of people are you know going at it. Yeah. Um, and I think Barb kind of pass off. Oh well, you know, someone's getting lucky. Ha <laughs> ha. Whereas Claire's much more, well, you know, probably shouldn't joke about these things because it might not be. And you could tell she was the two right. of them. Yeah. <laughs> she was very right. You could tell the two of them do not see eye to eye. Because Claire at that point's like, you know what, screw you, I'm off. And yeah, Bob goes, right, well, you know, F you, get lost. Yeah, they, they, they are they are oil and water clashing, basically. Yes. Um But I, I think with Olivia Hussey uh, playing Jess, uh, she, I I don't think if if you had a, I don't want to say a generic final girl conversation with discussion with someone, I don't think yeah. she would ever get brought up really, because this film isn't as synonymous as your everyday slashes. But I think that's a shame because I think she's fantastic final girl. Yeah, I, well, effectively, she's one of the originals. She is one of the. She, she yeah. is, probably one of the original final girls along with sally 
Her and Sally, the two, two of the original. And I, I think the way that obviously I said it earlier, this the film when it was released didn't get the praise it deserved because when it was released, oh god, a no. lot of people find it very, eh, yeah, not bland, but it wasn't massively successful. Mm. And I think that's partly due to the fact that it is it is a very slow burning film. Right, I kid you not. I started watching it. Apart from Claire's death in the first five minutes, that's pretty much it till you hit about the one hour mark. And this film's only an hour thirty seven mm. minutes long. Mm-hmm. So there's a good hour where it's just Oh, Claire's gone missing. I wonder where Claire is. Oh look, uh could it be it sets up loads of different things. Yeah. But nothing really happens. The first, I think it's five minutes. I'll I'll round it up to maybe ten. The first five to ten minutes are full on of... Oh, yeah. Okay, we're in POV shot of the killer climbing the trellis of the sorority house. He's in the attic. He, You can hear, like, I think he's got heavy breathing. Claire is doing her thing of wanting to pack to leave. He has somehow got into her room, and he's then... He's he's grabbed her. She's dead. This is is so fast. This happens so fast. And he then retreats back to the attic, and then we start the film. <laughs> then we're like, yeah. "Okay, Claire's gone missing. What's going on here?" It's. I think it's because Jet. Uh, yeah, Jess. She's in the film, but it's like the other characters. You, you jump between the characters so often that you never really fully focus on Jess. And again, Jess yeah. only really becomes a final girl right at the end but even then yeah without giving too much away if you're gonna obviously go and watch this film i won't give too much away but she's never technically in any there's no real threat to her right at the end of this film obviously yeah she gets told right the, the killer's in your house go mm. she doesn't but then between then and the end of the film you sit there you watch it you're going okay well nothing's happened yeah, she never. She doesn't get unlike a you know now modern slash mm. film. When that happens, usually the killer comes out and it's like right, okay, it's you know fly, uh, fight or die, you know fight or uh, what was it flight or fight flight, time. Flight or fight, yeah. Well, but, I mean, yeah, I suppose you're right because uh, let's say Scream One for example, there are moments where I'm trying to think where. Yeah, uh, Sydney's friends obviously get taken out one by one, but Sydney is also mm. attacked throughout the film. Yeah. Um, Jess is never really in any danger. No. This film. And it's towards the end where you as the viewer, which really should be obvious to realise it's not Peter, it's this crazy guy. No. And to be fair, Jess puts herself in danger, or could put herself in danger, because she's told, right, uh, she's called up by Lieutenant Nash, she says, right, just do as I say, Put the phone down, walk out the door. She goes, but my friend, she goes, no, no, just put the phone down. That's annoying. Yeah. She doesn't do it, and she yeah. starts screaming to her friends. Yeah. And I sat there watching this, and you could see in my brain was going, right, if he didn't know, if the killer didn't know your way he's in there, he does now. Yep. So yeah, that bit was very frustrating. Walked out, walked out the door, but so she puts herself in danger, and even but even then... Like I said, between the, the 10 minutes that's left, she goes down to her basement and then she sees Peter. She thinks, is it him? 
Yeah. You cut to the end, and it's like, oh, she's still alive. Cool. End of yeah. Film. Yeah. But I, yeah. I think again, you could put it down to this was like we said, probably the one of the original slashes. So they were trying something different. So obviously now people know how to yeah. introduce it. Like with Terrifier, you introduce your character, you build it up, you build up the characters. Blah, blah, blah. You have the big, you know, explosive minute in the middle. You may reveal who the slasher is. You have the final end scene and you end it. I think with Black Christmas, they were kind of testing the waters. So they didn't really know how to have that sort of well i mean i wouldn't even say it's testing scene. testing the waters i'd say it's this is all they kind of knew of and could think of because it's so yeah. early it's early days of slashes you know oh yeah um, this was ground zero effectively like everything we're saying now or not criticizing or just pulling up on is because of our i would say experience our wealth of watching these these types of films and the variety of these types of films, whereas back then there wasn't that. So yeah, it was quite hard to criticize. Oh, you should have done that. You should have done that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think in order to fully appreciate, like you said, what this film was, yeah, you have to watch it as if there were, if you've never heard of any of the slashes. Yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. If you watch it thinking, right, there's no Michael, Freddie, Jason, you know, all the, all the classics. Yeah. Just sit there and watch it go, right, this is a brand new horror film that they're doing. Mm. And you'll probably enjoy it more. And I, I mean, I, like, I, I've never seen this before. And I loved it purely because I got to see where now all the slasher films I love, where, we've where come they to. came from. Yeah. And it was here in Texas Chainsaw Massacre and to a degree Halloween that laid the foundations, went, right, we've got something new here. Let's go with it. Yeah, and to be these... fair, the golden age of slashes only lasted about ten years. It pretty much started here, and it was yeah. already dying out by the time a Nightmare on Elm Street came out. Mid mid eighties onwards, and then it was saved by Scream again by in Scream. the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was late seventies, early eighties, the peak. One of my notes that I had for this, and it was it was during the, it links it with one of my other notes, which was yeah that this film is little bits of we said earlier little bits of horror black horror comedy, especially with uh, yes. Mrs. Mac yeah 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 running running around finding alcohol bottles everywhere, telling the cat she's going to castrate it because Claude's dropping the wall. Claude, Claude. Yes. was a very early example. Of a fake out, of a fake jump scare, a fake out, and it's Which when she's drink, ones? she's she's in the bathroom and she's yeah. she's far, trying to find the alcohol, and it's got that big glass mirror. Oh yes, the doors. She, yes, she opens one. I was like, oh, here it comes. Close it. Like, oh, opens one. Like, here it comes. Oh no, nothing. Oh, and yeah. then she finds it in the toilet, and I, I it was incredible to watch because it is it's a fake out, but unlike normal, unlike uh, current ones. There's no weird. There's no tension music. It's just no. Oh no! Oh, oh, oh no! Oh okay. Well, if that like, was oh, going to be a fake, fake out, out, if that was not going to be a fake out and a jump scare, that would have been yeah zero music. And then on the last door slam, it would have been a 
and the killer being there. So that's how you got the jump or, scare. Or Jess or the cat or something. Yeah, but yeah, mm. completely. And if it was the killer, it wouldn't have made sense because obviously the, the way we're going with this killer is that we've if the fact we've already been shown a POV shot and she's in the mm. bathroom, which is like brightly lit, you're not going to see... We don't, we don't want to see a full frontal bit of the killer. Granted, later yep. on, we see the killer in the darkness, in the shadows. We see a bit of his eyeball. That's mm. fine. But if you suddenly just, boom, here he is, crazy man, it kind of takes it away from the mysteriousness of it. The... Yeah, it's... And I, I think that's what's... It's a lovely part of this film is that... Again, it it's similar to the end to Halloween, the ending of Halloween, like I said, where they're doing the shots of Haddonfield. Yeah, was to the audience, it could be well, it could be anyone. It's like, well, who is this? Who is Billy? You know, they yeah. don't show you his face. They, it's clear it's a man. Oh yes, you get that. Yeah. But you know, they they point the fingers at so many potential characters throughout this film that again, it's up to the audience as well. Could it be, I don't know, Claire's dad, who's just who hates the sorority for some reason? Yeah. Could it have been Peter? Uh, it might have been. Could it have been one of the other male friends that they knew who just didn't like them? Well, Could that's the, the thing about Peter, uh, Jess's boyfriend, who is clearly very anti-abortion. Uh, very anti-abortion. Because now I just realised Jess throughout the whole film has a gigantic crucifix on yes, her neck she does yeah. and she's as soon as she finds that she's pregnant it's like nope get rid of it which Don't I'm like, want it. i started thinking mm, if you're that if you are very christian you would not be saying that take, take me to the the stairs and um pushing and vacuum museum and we'll get it done there. yeah pushing downstairs and vacuum museum <laughs> but um the, throughout the whole film obviously yeah peter is he's annoyed because of this whole abortion thing he wants to keep baby but the, the film tries to make you feel at times is is peter the one that's doing the crazy calls is he was. the killer but the film is trying to but at the same time i feel it's it's far too obvious that it's not him yeah i i must admit i thought it was lieutenant nash i thought he may have been doing it because mm, he's set he get up back to forth? be kind of well he's a police officer he could get around quite easily yeah I thought it was him because he gets he gets picked on so hard by his other officers throughout the whole film, and he's also picked on. He's also made fun of by some of the girls in the sorority house where they give him the yep. fake phone number that yep. spells out fellatio, and he doesn't understand until they. Some of the officers later, like, is, "Are you sure this is right?" He goes, "Yes, fellatio. It's the new phone line." It's like, mm, oh, is it now? Okay. Yeah. Nash, Lieutenant, no, uh, Sergeant Nash, Lieutenant uh, John Saxon. Sergeant Nash. Lieutenant. I can never get the the. Um... I never get the Hierarchy. rankings right. But Nash is falls into the whole black comedy aspect again as well. Another thing sprinkled mm. in, like we were just talking about. Like, the fellatio thing is great because that then leads on to another scene of John Saxon's character, uh, Fuller, I think his name is, Lieutenant Fuller. I They're laughing at him. They're laughing at him because he didn't get it. But yet at the same time, yeah. this is probably around the end of the second, beginning of the third act where... There's more killings mm. happening. It's a serious situation, but they're sat in the police station laughing at their colleague who's been tricked by a sorority girl uh, yeah. saying their phone number starts with fellatio because he didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Simply That's didn't. Great. It's just a ribbon, but he just didn't get it. 
Yeah. There was. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Oh no! One of my notes was also that I took I took certain notes on like bits throughout this scene. Yeah. Throughout this film, sorry. And there, there are great moments when sort of horror comedy comedy moments where you have one of the one of the lads who's part of the I guess they're no sorry he's part of the fraternity that's yeah. I guess the sorority's the sister to again it's I don't understand it that well and he's dressed up as Santa Claus and he's having this massive whinge fest with someone he's basically effing and blinding while he's oh, sitting kids yes. and that going yeah he goes yes. she's such a bitch she never calls yeah. me stupid and this kid's like can I have a pony he's like no you fucking can't get off my lap yeah and the kid's that feels, like, okay. it feels like it should be a conversation happening say you you In show you, you shoot you shoot the scene of him with the kids being all happy and then the next scene is him say behind the set of whatever they've got effing and blinding with parents yeah. got like where where is santa where but he's just he's he just doing his care. job with the kids there going oh, fuck it, fuck it, no. <laughs> and again this this film is sprinkled with uh these great little moments like this you have yeah. when claire's dad arrives he asked this guy who actually launched, he actually hits him with a snowball. Oh, God, Claire's oh, where, dad, yes. Where's, yeah. my, where's my daughter? He goes, I don't know a Claire. It's like, oh, she's in this fraternity. He went, oh, that Claire? Yes. I don't know where she is. It's like, oh. Oh, God, He's Claire's like, oh, thank dad. You. Yeah. And when he, Claire's dad is with Mrs. Mac. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's great because he, the guy walks away and he's like, Where's a fraternity? And he goes, I've already said I don't know where she is. And just walks off. He's like, like, okay, cool. Yeah, you're not going to get any help from uh, college students. <laughs> no, yeah, they don't but care. Claire's dad, he's obviously there because Claire didn't arrive. He's gone missing. So he's there to try and see he's what's going on. He's very chill, though. He's, he's super chill. Very chilled. He's, well, he's very <laughs> calm and collected. He, he's not losing mm. his shit just yet. He's just, he's been very methodical about things. But when mm. he's at the, fr- the, I was about to say, fraternity house, not fr- fraternity and sor- sorority house with Mrs. Mac. No, he's no, obviously call it fraternity house. <laughs> he's obviously very um, old fashioned. Yeah. She, he, she, Claire was not here to drink and get with boys. She's here to study. Oh, but yeah. obviously, in the rooms, there's a picture, there's a poster on the wall of the peace symbol. Very naughty poster. But it's two people having sex, but in the shape of the peace symbol. And Mrs. Mac is just constantly covering it, trying to distract yeah. him. Go, go through that door. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's um, when he, he slowly closed the doors. It's like... Mm. Yeah. And in I think just after this, when Mrs. Mac has got her uh, possessions ready, she's ready to leave or, or somewhat, she's shouting at Claude, like, you brick. Oh, and yeah. just to the side of her, coming up the stairs is Claire's dad looking so disapproved of her. Oh, he does. Oh, he does. But these these subtle like, comedy moments, they in certain films, they could take away the, I would say, the scariness of, you know, I always say, I watch a horror film, I want to be immersed. I don't want people yeah. making jokes. I want to be immersed. I think you can still be immersed in this film and take away these comedy, and enjoy these comedy aspects while still being immersed in a scary film. You don't want a horror film to add these comedy aspects and then you're like, oh, it's not that scary anymore. Like, it's still intense at times. Hmm. I think so long as you... If they're going to put horror, like, little bits of comedy in these films, Mm. so long as it's not forced, it works. And it's done in a way that it's believable. So, you know, when uh, Mrs. Max is putting on lipstick, 
Yeah. Uh, she gets halfway across and then she hears the creaking noise and she stops, and it's like, ah, I think I found the cat. Mm. So she goes, to, she goes to get him, and then you know she spills a handbag. She starts having to go at the cat, and actually, if you've ever owned pets and they do something like that and it stops you halfway through, so I don't know they've been sick or something, you do start to have a go at the cat or the dog. And you, you, it is. It's a very believable moment. If she was trying to find this cat, and it then made her drop all of her stuff, you would start swearing at the cat. Oh god, you'd and start swearing at inanimate objects. Uh, yeah, I know. You'd start <laughs> swearing at, you know, I don't know, a piece of dust on the floor. Yeah. But it works because it it's made to feel believable. Yeah. Not she walks out and it's like, where is the cat? Oh look, uh, my handbag. Whatever. What, 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 oh, 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 I found oh. it. Yeah, it, it works. You're right. Yeah. Completely right. Yeah. yeah, the inanimate object thing just reminded me of a Lee Evans joke where you, you get in like late one night and you, you can be drunk. You, you accidentally kick the table, but you're shouting at it like it's there. It's like, shh, shh, you don't fucking hear you. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing there? Yeah. And the table's like, oh, no, I didn't do anything. Like <laughs> so what's all that banging? Oh, I fell up the stairs. <laughs> I had oh, I had you? one more um, one more thing that I noted uh, black comedy wise, like comedy aspect mm. was uh, towards the obviously there's a there's a tiny little subplot um, about a young girl who went missing. So a few one of the scenes oh, yes. when we go to the police station, there's a mother uh, giving a report about her daughter who's gone missing. I think she's like a 13 year old girl, which probably mm. could relate to the same killer. We don't we don't know. We don't really find out. And there ends up being like a um, a hunting party, like looking for this girl, and they end up finding yeah. her dead body, which you don't see in, in, in like a film. Now, this hunting party is comprised of like just people in the town, but there's also these like yeah. I don't want to call them hillbillies or hicks, but they look oh, say yeah. farmer type, the farmer type with yeah. guns, and uh, they end up at the sorority house, and Phil Fish just sees one through the window with a shotgun. Just peering yeah. in, and like, well, what the fuck? What the fuck's going on? And they go to the back door, and it's two guys, but they're so goofy. They're they so are, utterly goofy. Yeah. It again, you've you've got this intensity, and then they just drop you back down to to norm, yep. norm, normality for a bit with these goofy hunting party. They leave, and then we're back to terror again. Yeah, I can't remember a, exactly what they say. But. It's, it's, oh, they tell them to lock their doors. Look, the windows on the door. Yeah, yes. And there's a little bit of foreshadowing where Claire turns to Phyllis and goes, oh, yeah, this is the only door that's in the house that's actually locked now, isn't it? I it's couldn't like, oh. believe that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, hmm. But they just pass it off. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. And it is, it's foreshadowing because we know, the audience knows at this point, that the killer's in the house. We know yeah. that. But these two girls are like, oh. oh. It just oh. shrugs off. It's like, oh, what happened to it? I wasn't sure. I haven't done my research in here, so I'm not... Yeah, no, I've just quickly looked at it. I was right. I think the thing with America, they're locking it. They became a lot more... Not paranoid, but sensible with the locking around the mid-70s to late-70s because of such things as like the Golden State Killer, like the prominent yeah. serial killers. So... Obviously, before that, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of speculating here that locking your windows and doors permanently wasn't really a natural thing. Whereas from then onwards, it became I'm, a bit more, more paranoia. I suppose it would depend on maybe on what state you're in, because mm. I know sometimes you get to some states where in America, 
it's very remote, very, you know, your nearest neighbor might be, you know, five miles down the road. Yeah, yeah. But for you, they're like, well, no one ever comes this way, so I can leave my doors unlocked because yeah. I'm, I live in the middle of nowhere. Whereas obviously here in the UK, you know, every time I go to bed, I'm like, right, I'm going to make sure the doors are locked, the windows are locked, yeah. everything's locked, everything's shut. Just because we, you know, in the UK, we're, well, I mean, we're a tiny island. So unless you live out in the sticks, there's going to be someone will be going past your place. Well, you say it when when I was in Japan last, a uh, friend of mine who taught English out there, and we met up with him, and it's, he he said that, you know, we're in to- middle of Tokyo. He lives in Tokyo, saying, mm. "I never locked my car. I never locked my front door because it's that oh. safe. It is that safe." And you, I couldn't possibly imagine doing imagine that, that here, like you just said. Like, no. I always make sure the doors are locked, cars locked, because yeah. it's such a different culture. It's, I mean, I, I remember once I went out for a coffee. This was years ago, mm. and I, I got out the car and I was so busy getting my bag out that I completely forgotten to take my keys out of the ignition. So I turned the car off, and parked it, and I got out the car and I walked off. Yeah. I left my keys in the ignition and I went to have a coffee and I was there for about an hour and a half. Yeah. Then I went to leave. I was like, do I have my keys? I'm like, oh, I can't remember my keys. And then I suddenly realized, I went, I've left my keys in the car. And it was this immense oh. feeling of, oh, shit. Yeah. My car's going to be nicked. It's gone. And I got back and my car was still there with the keys in the ignition. And I was like, I am so surprised no one's nicked my car. Oh, that would happen. That would happen easily. Chance. Yeah. It's the chance one. It's the, the thieves are very opportunistic. If they see yeah. it, it's like, oh, I've got it. I'm gone. Yeah. So if if someone had walked like that, I walked past my car, literally gonna gone. Keys in the car. Just got in the car. Turned the car on. That's it. My car's gone. Yeah. But yeah. That's completely. Just, that's just the UK culture that we live in. It's like right. I mean, you're taught over here from a young age. It's like right. Well, when you leave the house, lock the door. When you're yeah. done for the night, lock your door. Lock, 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 lock your door. Yeah, yeah and then it. with this house, hardly anything's locked. <laughs> no, um, it's all open. This killer was able to get inside really easily. Really I, easily. But I, I think, like you said, though, that again, that's a sign of the times of when this was written. This was written uh, early, mid-70s. Yeah. When, you know, things were not safer. Well, they yeah. were probably a lot safer. But like you said, with the rise of the Golden State Killer, all of this news that were coming out, like, you know, you have serial killers everywhere, crime goes up. That's when people went, eh, you know what? I don't feel safe. I will lock that door, actually. Yeah, I, I mean, I just had a quick look as well. And I think it seems there's like even the Zodiac Killer was from the late 60s. So, oh, yeah. We're, 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 around around the 60s, 70s time, let's say. I, I'm not I, this, familiar with all the serial killers around then, but... This is a complete weird tangent, but... Alright. I saw I saw a note, but not a note, a, an interesting bit of like trivia, which was at any given time in the US, sorry US, there's like 2,000 serial killers active. 2,000. At all times. It, it's, it's a high number. And I read that and went, that is crazy to think there's that many serial killers just walking around. It's unbelievable. You're looking this up now, aren't you? Of course I am. You said 2,000. <laughs> it's probably more than 2,000. But, you know, that's what I... There you go. Let's what say... 
let's say there's an abundance of potential serial killers that could be around okay. the US right now. 2000 is a go. lot. <laughs> That's Okay, maybe not 2000. Hang on, there's 50 states, right? Yeah. That's that's two. Is that two hundred a state? No, that's no fifty. No. What's two thousand divided by fifty? Uh, uh, mass for you guys now on the dreadcast. Uh, so two thousand. Forty. That's forty serial killers in each state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not that much. Sorry, sorry, US. The, I got getting my facts wrong. I know I where you're coming from, though, and I could potentially agree. Yeah. There, but there could be an abundance right now of serial killers yeah, that we don't know exactly. of in the US. Yeah. Um, I had two slight tangents just from what we were talking about safety-wise and of the okay. era. Uh, I got here about the dismissal from the police of when they ring the they, when they first ring the police up with uh, its national yeah. phone, and then Nash gets pulled mm -hmm. up by a lieutenant saying, uh, "Why didn't you tell us about this?" Because he is very much of the time where they rung up and he just he fobs them off he's basically saying you know it oh, yeah. could just be one of your ex-boyfriends being crazy or funny or something i you would you would that would be scandalous nowadays if policemen oh did yeah that. a young lady is in absolute distress on the phone of someone calling them with absolutely horrifically creepy messages that are nonsensical mm. You don't know who it is. It doesn't make sense. You're feeling scared, and the guy, the policeman, who you are trying to put all your trust in, is doesn't like, care. just, just tell them to go away. Just tell them stop. Yeah, <laughs> it's just mad, absolutely mad. But Very of the time. I, yeah, I. The thing is, I think like nine, nine, uh, well. Uh, nine nine for our nine nine dispatchers. You know they must get hundreds of calls oh, of people you? just wasting their time. Yeah. So obviously they they have a I think they have a duty to take everyone seriously. But could you imagine getting a phone call saying, "Oh, we've got some guy calling us." Yeah, he's making weird sex noises down the phone. That's a bit creepy. That dispatch would be like, Ugh, "What do you want me to do about it?" It's like I, I can't really do much about that. He's he's a weird he's a per he's a weirdo. But yeah, also I, I, nowadays, I don't know how they would deal with that. The best thing you could do is say, right, well, next time he calls, um, yeah, just tend to go away. And if he keeps doing it, then you know we'll come back. But I, I well, think the problem with a lot of, a lot of, uh, like police, they do they get called out to something, and then when they get there, they do just sit there and think, this is I, there's nothing I can do, I can't, I can't help you. It, it is a hard one to deal with. It is, because yeah. unless you put a tracker on everyone's phone, it, the trackers aren't exactly widely yeah. available. It's hard. But to just dismiss the call uh, instantly and fob them off with, uh, you're, you're being a hysterical young lady, um, mm. and you should just tell your ex-boyfriend, who it clearly is, just to go away. Whereas there must be a, I mean, I, I, I've never worked in the police call center. I wouldn't know how to deal with it, but off the top of my head, either now, obviously easy with one technology. If it's not a private number, you can block numbers that helps. Yeah. If the calls keep happening in uh succession, like every five or 10 minutes, you kind of know it's probably them. So don't pick it up. Yeah. I don't know. There, there must be, they, they must have protocol for everything like this. There must be something. Oh, yeah. Rather than 
full dismissal and calm down, little hysterical lady. You're just being There's silly. Nothing to worry about. If a man yeah. rang up, if a man rang up and told me, then we'd be round there in a shot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's Lieutenant a... Nash as well, because Fuller yeah. takes it on, going basically saying, "We've potentially got the kid on the loose. We've got a young girl missing. We've got a girl missing the sorority. Mm. You didn't think it was important to tell us that a girl from said sorority has rung up saying they are getting creepy calls." Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. See, I. On a... Go on. Oh yeah, no, you had another tangent, didn't you? I thought you did. It's not that first. big. It's not that big of a tangent. We were. Was it not? <laughs> it's a real, real thin segue, uh, because we okay. were talking about doors. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there, see where I'm going with this. Did you catch all the stock door sounds? The stock sounds of the doors closing uh, and opening. No, I didn't. Where did you watch it? Uh, a did you acquire it? Did you acquire it? I, I acquired it. Fine, yes. fine. Because the, the 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 item that I acquired of Black Christmas, mm. every door opening and closing was a the, your the stock sound, and also the phone uh, going off and on the hook was stock sound. That one, but the doors. Mm. If I, if you could go back to your acquired. Um, yes, I will do. Copy at some point. My acquired copy. And check, just check the doors. All every single door, even the car doors, sounded like stock footage. But specifically oh, the do doors this. in the house. Are you checking it now? I'm, I'm, I'm going through my trivia because I like my trivia. Oh, okay. Same um, as in there, yeah. But that was, that was. I just, I noted that. Hmm. I noted in the first few minutes with the doors opening that I've heard this door sound before, and it doesn't sound right. It's almost like ah, there you go. When you use I've a stock, when you use a stock sound in an old film, like it's it, it yeah. could have been it could have been a re-release uh, acquisition that I got. You know, because it could oh, have been a new stock sound yes. put over the re-release film, like a remaster. Yes, it could have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I've got some interesting trivia here well, that would explain a lot of reasons why. Uh, a lot of these characters were quite uh, likable in this. Yep. So the first one is legend has it that this was Elvis Presley's favorite horror film. I don't know if that's true or not, but there you go. When did um, Elvis die? Because it, well, it must have been after oh 1977. So, so this was this was on his like years, this was like on his sitting at home eating burgers watching horror uh, films sort of. Yeah. <laughs> so so when Clark. Uh, came to writing, obviously I'm assuming Bob Clark had a hand in helping to write the final mm. script of this. A rule that he always had was, whenever he wrote female characters, he never objectified them or, never objectified them sexually or gave them nude scenes. He always wanted them to be believable. Any horror characters he created, he didn't want them to be disposable. Obviously some of them would die, yeah. but they had to be believable, which is great because that's probably why a lot of these, you know, that's the girls they're in the film, are very likable. That's incredible. It's not a it's not um, a forced um, sexualization of the women to the viewers. Yeah, I'm trying to. Okay, there's a let's see. No, that's something about. Oh, Peeping Tom was the first slasher film to have POV. That's a lot of people true. thought it was this film, no. but it wasn't. I called you out on that a few episodes ago. I can't remember what it was, ah. but I said it was Peeping Tom. 
Here you go. So, interesting fact. None of the actors portraying teenagers in this film are actually teenagers. They are not. Oh, no in shit. In fact, no shit. the <laughs> oldest actor to portray a college student in this film was Keir Delia. I can't remember who she plays. She was 38 when she played her teenage character. That's incredible. What's her name? Uh, oh, Keir, no, Keir. That's Peter. No, sorry, no, Keir. That's Keir. Kid, uh, oh. yeah, that's yeah. Peter. So he was, he was thirty-eight when he played Peter. That's uh, incredible. Yeah, and he is still alive, it would seem. Uh, wow, dude is old. It's not saying. Oh well, let's go down to the. He's eighty-six like, um, now. Oh wow. Uh, Olivia Hussey is. How old is she? Seventy-one. No, I mean, yeah, it, it is nearly fifty years old. This film. Yeah. Um, that is true. So. It is a very old film. God, there's loads of trivia. I can't yeah. get through all these trivia. No. Ah. There you go. You know how we talk about Jess being a final girl? Mm. So, in 2016, in a 2016 list of the best final girls in horror history mm. by the entertainment magazine Paste, Jess was described as the best final girl of all time. Really? There you go. Yeah. So obviously she is, and like we said, she is the original. Well, she is probably one, one of the original originals. Horror. Yeah, I would, I would put her up high. I would put her up high. I would, yeah. I mean, yeah, you got to give sure. it. You got to give props to the OGs. Yeah. Um, there's not. There's, there's too much trivia. I'll have to. I'm. To be fair, I'm putting together, um, some interesting horror stuff for the TikTok. So no yeah. doubt this will come out in the TikTok. So don't worry. But yeah, I'm uh, sure stock sounds are in there somewhere. There, yeah, there are. That was yeah, there's a little little tangent there um, for that. Um, I I just I could not note that down because I I just heard them every time a door opened. It's like the Wilhelm scream. You yes. hear it once, we'll hear it. I've heard it in TV shows, video games, films. I've heard it everywhere. It's yeah. It's even it even influenced. No, I didn't. No, I'm thinking of something else. Ignore that. Okay. <laughs> Back to my notes. Yes. I want to just it. touch upon a couple of scene a couple of scenes in this film that i thought was they were just incredible and it's it's the rocking chair in it's claire's uh, final resting place in the rocking chair in the attic yeah yeah yeah, yeah. she's she's got the bag over and she's just she's just staring lifelessly mm. out the window just rocking backwards and forwards it's and actually obviously the cover it's actually the poster of the film mm, yeah and it's a bit of a spoiler <laughs> well that's what's interesting was i did notice upon that where film uh, movie posters back in those days would i think usually take a scene from the film yeah and put it on their poster obviously with uh black christmas it was claire's death she's in the rocking chair yeah texas chainsaw massacre we have there there you go leather there it is yep with one of them on the hook yeah mother's day we had the lady in the chair and I think it's just great mark. Obviously, it's great marketing because you get to show. I mean, to be fair, 1974. I am surprised they got away with some of their posters. Let's be honest. Oh, they're fantastic. Yeah. You don't usually see a horror. I mean, horror posters are usually you know slightly more graphic, I guess, than normal yeah. posters. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah, of them can degree, be. Yeah. But for a 1974 poster to feature a girl that's been suffocated with a bag <laughs> on a poster. Would not expect would not expect that back in those days. Oh, Nowadays, you would never you get that get... now. I don't think you would get that now. 
No? Oh, probably Could not. Could you imagine? I'm, I'm still surprised I got away with it then. Could you? I mean, obviously, Black Christmas has been remade twice. Do not watch the remakes, folks. They're not great. No. And those posters are very tame. Like, one of them, I think, is a bottom of a Christmas tree with some blood. But can yes. you imagine Black Christmas came out now, the original. You're walking down the road yeah. and you see a bus go past. And you know the buses are full. Like you've got the movie. Yeah. London busage you've got it kind of goes along horizontal and then there's a vertical strip the yeah. long horizontal bit you've got Black Christmas and then the vertical strip you've got this woman sat in a rocking chair with a, a suffocated by a... yeah I don't think that would go very well well that's the thing <laughs> it would be a great piece of marketing because you'd be like I'm sorry what did I just see yes because yeah. you'd probably see Black Christmas like I have to look this up I have to see what this is what is this yeah. and I now that this with Claire in the rocking chair, it's very tame compared to a lot of deaths nowadays. Yeah, because I must be, I did watch it, and for me, I was looking at it thinking, okay, well, that's not the worst I've seen. Yeah, but it's actually quite it's more, it's Claire's death is, I think, supposed to be more sad than shocking. Oh, completely, because all you've got is you've got this poor girl who just wants to go home for Christmas, and he poses her in this rocking chair looking out the window yeah to you know the christmas scene and she, all she's doing is she's just rocking backwards and forwards and i felt really sad for her because i thought she's never going to go home and throughout the whole film we keep going back to her yeah and every time billy like knocks her or something her head just keeps falling to more and more sides just to keep looking out the window a bit more to that final scene where it just pans out the camera and you just have her sad she's face still there just still looking out there. the window. She's still there. She she never leaves. Well, he's he's rocking because of him. Because there's that scene of POV where he's he's grabbing her, rocking her, going ah, that, like just with that mental, weird like just, doll baby. Yeah, he's put a doll there. He's crazy. He's rocking her like yeah. like you'd be rocking a crib, and then he loses it and starts rummaging around the attic. It is sad. It is, is a sad death. You're right. Is. Yeah. But it's another great staple of the horror genre, which is. Mm. All the victims are always, all the victims and the serial killers are always closer than you think. Yeah. Because we have we have all the police wondering what you know where the girls go missing, and they never they never think to check the house. It's like yeah. well, is, she... mm. and it's only right at the end where they finally trace the call, and the guy goes, "It's six Melview House or whatever." Whatever it is, yeah, yeah. yeah. John, uh, you know, Lieutenant Fuller goes, well, that's not possible. That's the the sorority house. And he goes, yeah, that's where it's coming from. And you, just, you see it click. And you, you see him sitting there going, oh, shit. We never checked the house. Why yeah. did we not check the house? Which nowadays, in horror films, it's like, cool. Someone got murdered here. Why don't we check the house? Let's have a look yeah. at the house, shall we? Please, <laughs> they... The they did go to the house. They invested before. That was when they, they were about to set up the tracing. Um, and the mm. lieutenant went up to Claire's room and he was just looking around. They were just, he was talking to them about, about Claire, trying to find any reasons as to maybe why she'd gone missing. But yeah, like you said, yeah. they never checked the house. They never checked the yeah. attic. There's a massive attic above you. Could he not be like, what's up there? Is that the room? Do you guys go up there? What's been, who, who was last up there? What do you store up there? Yeah. Is it locked? And How can, is it easy accessible? What about the basement? The only can we one check the basement? Yeah. Is Mrs. Mack. She's the only one who checks. Doesn't end yeah. well for her, admittedly. But there you go. 
she gets the old well uh, hook to the noggin or back of the head. Which yeah. weird because I think there's a slight uh, continuity error here because when she gets killed, she's she goes up and she sees Claire and that's when she, that's when she realizes, yeah. oh my god, Claire's dead. And Billy's behind her at this point with the hook, yep. and she turns around to face him, and he lets go of it. Yeah. So that hook should have gone right there, but when we yeah. see her later, because he hoiks her up through the yeah uh, the pulley system, and she's then been hung the other way around, so the hook went through the back of her neck. Mm. So unless he he took her off and then you know rehung her, Halloween kills Michael Myers style. Um, it's a slight continuity error there. Well, yeah, I mean, I think mean, I think that's probably a given in these old type of films. Oh yeah, but I feel like quite easily. What you it felt like you were leaning into the topic of preservation because this is also he also kind of preserves his kills. Like they didn't check the house. Just a bit, yeah. He did. That no. They did, like you said, they didn't check the house. But if they did, they probably would have seen all these preserved kills. Claire, Mrs. Mac. Uh, with the hook, and then eventually Barb mm. and Phyllis on the bed, which they look massacred and uh, just piled on the bed. Well, see, that's the thing, is so when uh, suggests when she's running, when she's you know trying to escape, yeah, she finds Barb. You know, yeah. I don't know. Oh, she finds Phyllis. Phyllis has been Phyllis is killed off camera. That's it. Yeah, and so even after they you know they save Jess. And they say, right, well, we've got, you know, we've got to move the bodies. They still don't check the attic. No. I, I don't know why. It's like, okay, you know the killer was in the house at the time. Why has no one gone into that loft? Yeah. But I I reckon, again, going back to my, you know, when I mentioned about Bob Clark having a chat with John Carpenter and his, yeah. his um, film be The Guy Was Arrested, maybe if he had made a sequel... It would have done that, you know, the little oh, following the events of Black Christmas, nineteen seventy-four. Yeah. Upon looking in the loft, you know, they found Claire, and Mrs. Mac, arrested the guy. Yeah, yeah. And it would kind of tie it up, but obviously, you know, that that never happened. Uh, yeah, so we were briefly just talking about the kills. Um, yeah. Talk about the uh, like, yeah, um, Mrs. Max kill. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> I was a bit, mm, a bit unsure about her death because he's holding this hook on a pulley system. It's a pretty hefty, probably a steel hook, right? Yeah. But I don't think that would impale. Would it impale her face, or would it? be more of a blunt damage to her face like a blunt solid object um it, I, I suppose it depends on if it goes through your eye i mean that's you know, very soft yeah. it could go through to be fair i think again it's it's one of those things it's written at the time mm. it's more for so most of these deaths occur off screen the uh the only one that occurs on camera is bob's death that's yeah, the only one that actually really does. On camera. Yeah. So I think for the rest of them, it was a case of, okay, they're they're dying, but it's up to you to kind of work out. Oh, it's, so he it allows you to use your imagination to fill the gaps. So yeah. with Claire, yeah. we see her in the rocking chair. She's got the bag over her head. 
So you assume she suffocated her. Yeah. Doesn't well, he he how? does grab he does grab her with um the clear plastic. It looks hmm. like a, a clothes yeah. overall choking her. But so, obviously, we don't know if that's how he killed her. No. So I think it allows you to use your your creativity of your own imagination. Yeah. To fill the gaps. So with Mrs. Mac, you know, it depends if I mean, it's obviously it's assuming it's it did enough penetration damage to to hook her. Yeah. But it might not be in her face. It might have hit her in the shoulder or something. I don't know. Well, let's um, see. Uh, like she had her mouth open uh, uh, conveniently. Oh, yeah. Hook inside yep. her mouth. Um, Phyllis completely dies off camera. Oh, yeah. No, there idea. Is n- no, idea. no idea how she dies. But she, we are, obviously you find her later on on the bed with Bob. Yeah. Uh, Bob Bob's death is is not. Yeah, it's, it's shown, but it's not as quick. It has a bit of preamble to it. Bob's death is pretty. It's probably the most graphic death yeah. in this. She she gets fully uh, punctured by a glass yes. unicorn. Death by unicorn. Yeah. My notes. So yeah, that's probably the most graphic. Unicorn, yeah, yeah. That's probably the most graphic death in this entire uh, film. Yeah, yeah. Because even Peter's death at the end we don't see. No, but it's implied, and that's the thing. It's. Hmm. Obviously, we find Peter, you know, he's ghostly white. He's obviously dead. But he's in the lap of Jess. So did Jess kill him? Or did Billy kill him? No. Yeah, because I I think it's implied that Jess did because he he found Jess as Jess was hiding from Peter. But it's not apparent straight away because when you see the Jess, Mm. I watched it and think, oh, shit, they're both dead. Yeah. I was like, this is new. There's no yeah. there's no final girl. They're all dead. It's only when Lieutenant Fuller says Jess and she opens her eyes. Yeah. Ah, she's alive. Yeah. And again, even at this this late because this is like the last five minutes of the film. Yeah. Even at this late stage, it's still point the fingers to Peter. It's like, ah, well, it even, is. The, even Fuller goes, it's Peter. I knew it was him. I knew it was the X. Without evidence. Without evidence. But then, of course, you find out right at the end that P- that Billy is still in the attic, do whatever creepy stuff he does. And then I thought it was great because he then calls the house phone. And you just see the police officer at the front going, oh, Yeah. Well, yeah, because oh, they, they leave Jess because uh, she's, she's passed out. They leave her in bed in the house. They just all leave her with one, yeah. one policeman left outside the guard, and they have no evidence on Peter. That no. even though he, even though he's now dead, you obviously can't pin it on it. You can't really properly pin it on him. You can blame him; he's dead. It doesn't matter. But they have no evidence mm. that it was him. They they're kind no. of just yeah. It must have been fine. Um, yeah, there we go. I but, again, I think that that ominous. Uh, not ominous, that uh, ambiguity. Yeah. Again, if this was done now, you can guarantee there would have been a Black Christmas 2 because oh, that yeah. end shot, the phone ringing, yeah. when you'd be watching and going, okay, he's still in there. All right, when's the next film coming out? Yeah, and I feel like it would have started with kind of like Halloween Resurrection. Jess, Jess awakens, tries to fight back, but then they kill Jess off in the first opening, kind of like we yeah. did Claire. They killed, and then we start with a new, the new, the new 
past, you know. He kills um, he kills the cop that's outside and goes, Right, yeah. Where's the next sorority house? Off I go. Dresses up as the cot in the cop's clothes, goes to the new sorority house, and oh. is is like, excuse me, girls, we've got a we've got a problem here. We need to just uh, come out and check it out. Now, I must admit, when they're all sitting around Jess's bed, yeah, you know, you get the shot of everyone, yeah, and there's one solitary bloke that walks past the camera. Yes, there is, there is. And I sat there, went, "That's Billy. That's Billy." Yeah. He's just walking past, going, "Okay, right. Well, let's let's uh, got a lot of cops. It's like, okay, I'm going to keep going." Well, they don't know what he looks they... like, do they? So no, and that's what's great because I think similar to what we, what was it? I think it was when we were doing our Halloween ends review. Yeah, was Michael's? You know, we said Michael's been around Halloween, you know, just surviving yeah. for five years, but no one knows what he looks like. So yes. if he needs food, would he just take the mask off? I just walk around similar to Billy. He could just go, right. I have to escape. Oh yeah. No one else I look like. So I'm just going to casually walk around this building. Yeah. No one will bat an eyelid. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's just quickly back to Barb's death. Cause it, it was probably the most violent, uh, it, probably important death in the film because it's the one you see. I, I before that she's, uh, she's disturbed in a way by Billy who's creeping around, Yes, but she yeah. wakes up thinking it's a nightmare. But at the same time, she wakes up having an asthma attack. And mm. I, I felt it was quite ironic that she has, she's asthmatic. She has an asthma attack all the while through the whole film. She's puff, 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 smoking, drinking. Oh yeah. Good point. And yeah. yet she has a massive asthma attack and is pumping that inhaler to just help her out. Yeah. Um, but then when her death, uh, it's foreshadowed that she'll die by this unicorn statue because they, the camera shows it as Billy's walking oh, yeah. into the room. And then when Billy does kill her, he's relentless with this unicorn statue. Oh, yeah. He goes ham. Um, he fully, like, punctures the crap out of her. Yeah, yeah. And it, that's kind of a blunt object as well because if it's a trophy, I wouldn't imagine that's quite sharp. So, I mean, that's that's quite hmm. a blunt horn on said unicorn yeah um but the well i was gonna say that there are two pieces (laughs) of cinematography that i thought were fantastic in this film yeah and one of them is every now and then because obviously the attic is billy's hideout yeah it's every time he he does his kill and he gets back to safety there's just this really cool shot it's just this attic door just slowly yeah, 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 yeah. closing like that. And oh, it was just brilliant because it just highlights this this great piece of like slasher code, yeah. which was the killer, you know, he's always got a way to disappear. Yeah. And it was every time he kills someone, it's just it's fade, fade back into the attic. Yeah. The yeah. other one now. I thought this was an, this was amazing. Was when Jess is he's, she's come face to face with Billy, yeah, and he's looking at her through. I think it's, it's either the floorboards or something, and all oh. you see is that is his big eye, just yeah. like that, just crazy eye going around as he's taunt he's taunting her. No, that's um, that's that's oh. when he, that's when Jess finds that's when Jess finds uh, Bob and Bill. That was it. But yeah. he's behind the door. Oh, is he? That was it. Yes. Because, and, like, oh, how does she... 
she either kicks the door into him and you hear him scream and then that's how the yes. that's how the the chase happens but that's that yeah, shot she, that is what they've used for the thumbnail uh i'm gonna uh, send you the thumbnail it's now such a it reminded me i sat there watching this going okay that reminds me of the shining moment where jack's breaking through the door and he sticks his head through the door i was like that's yeah. a that's a shining yeah moment. it yeah. also reminded me a bit of the wreck poster where yes you have you have the eye that big red crazy eye got it here it's actually wreck two i believe wreck two that was the one here here we go so we got wreck one which i got for two pound on blu-ray in a charity shop Mm, yep and it's here wreck two that's the one it reminded me of that that poster shot yeah because all it is is you can he does it so well through this little tiny peephole through the door of just this manic eye yeah going ballistic and i'll put the um i'll put the picture up here in the video yeah even though you don't we never get to see his face it's so believable that this is a man who's clearly he's clearly not well mm. but to him it's like all he can focus on is right i just want to kill every single girl in this house and there's Some only reason. one left yeah it's, oh, it was just such a brilliant piece of cinematography it's it's an incredible shot i just sent you the thumbnail which we're going to use for it uh oh, let me look. nice little subtle uh thumbnail design oh, with the eyeball it's, it's, yeah it's, it's fantastic so good. i think it's I like also so good with the whites his eyeballs red and it's the whites of his eye as well which make it pop a lot more that you're able to see the Sorry. eyeball yeah yeah um, oh, it's fantastic oh. uh, speaking of that shot though after jess does uh try to escape there's not much downtime with this escape like jess will Jess she tries to escape and he is on her he pounces mm. and runs at oh, jess yeah. he's really fast really aggressive and it's it's really intense and there's no there's no downtime with it there's no, no michael myers is walking and oh jess trips up and falls no he's there he grabs her hair he he's like relentless yeah it's he's a different kind of slasher to yeah. uh maybe not leatherface but to i would say to um so, oh, name called again, Chucky, Jason, <laughs> the Freddy, standards, the standards, the, the standard ones. Yeah, who, yeah. Maybe not Michael, but most of them, they always toy with their victim. They always toy with them. It's like yeah. either they they're taunting them, they're torturing them, they're doing something. But Leatherface, Michael, and Billy, it's nothing. Leatherface is like, you're in my house. I got yep. the chainsaw. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm coming for you. And he chases him. Yeah. Michael does the same. One he catches. He walks remarkably fast. But once he catches you, you know he stabs you. He kills you. That's it. And again with Billy, he he, he's, he there's no interest in the the foreplay of the no. chase. It's just like no. I want you dead. I'm coming after you. And he does. He just goes full pelt for them. Yeah. It's it's very very intense. And. Again, you could say that, you know, like we said, Jess doesn't get enough rec- uh, recognition for being mm. one of the OG sla- uh, final girls. Same with Billy. He's one of the original slashers. And yet, if you were to put him on a list of slashers, he probably wouldn't really appear. No, Because I'm he's not, not no. much is known about him. Do we... Is he officially called 
Billy, or are we calling him I, Billy? I think he's officially called Billy because there is a weird. He even during some of these phone calls, he sounds like there's a mother say, like accusing Billy of yeah, like killing a baby or something. Um, I'm gonna have to look this up as well. I because I, I think. Let's have a look. Black Christmas. Black Christmas. The thing is, the the ones that follow, obviously the you know the remakes that followed, they also referred to him as Billy. So, well, there's I a there's I've, a thing I found here called. Uh, it says Jess gets one fo- the final phone call in which the killer, still referred to as a killer, alludes to some sort of transgression between two children named Agnes and Billy. So apparently, I mean, uh, it's still okay. not clear that Agnes could be, a, he's referring to as a kid as well. So, so Billy yeah. is a fictional character in the Black Christmas series. So he was inspired by the urban legend, the babysitter and the man upstairs, as well as a series of real murders in Montreal during the 1943 holiday season. So mm. following the film, many fans and media outlets referred to the character's name as Billy, and Bob yeah. Clark himself also said the character is called Billy. Right. So it's a, it's probably um, true that his name is Billy. Yeah. It's just probably never real. It's in the credits you don't see his name. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. The character's not mentioned, nor is the people who played him to keep it more, I guess, ambiguous. More of a mystery. Who he is much more, more of a mystery. mystery. But it it looks like it's fairly safe to say that Billy is is his actual name. Yeah. Okay. But we'll like, call him Billy. Like we said, you know, he's he it was one and done for him. He was only in this yeah. film. That was it. He's never, you know, had any more uh, films with him in. No. But he was one of the original slashers, if yeah. not the original one, who fitted the mold of right. He's a he's a he's a killer. He's you know he's not quite there in the head, and he actively goes out and he's actively going out, yeah, to find victims. Unlike um, Leatherface, at the time, was just happy living on his farm. But no, no, some kids came along and ruined it. Well, that was Leatherface is also down to the family. They go, and, they went and grave robbed. They went and killed people. Oh, yeah, they were cannibals. There was all that. This guy, we have no motive, no backstory for. No, and that's fine. Um, I think the, that's great because it. He could be anyone. That's the yeah. thing. He could be anyone. Yeah. He could be your next door neighbor who's lived next to the sorority house and went, you know what? I, I hate this bloody house. He's I've just lost it. And it's great because there was a game that came out. Uh, oh, God. It was something like Neon Killer or something. It was like yeah. a 2D horror game where this guy literally, he gets so sick and tired of these university parties that he puts on a hockey mask, it takes enough, goes, oh, fuck it, I've had enough. And you play as this killer. You get to go around these little weird... Oh, that's... Uh... Yeah, it's that game. I know. Is that... That's not Hotline Miami, is it? No, no, no uh... it's not Hotline Miami. I know but I it's, know it's... what you're talking about. Oh, I can't God, remember the name. Are you sure it's... Okay. Is it I'm Hotline Miami? So, no, a 2D horror game. 2D horror game. Not limit, not carrying, not inside, not for. Oh, this is gonna bug me. Um, oh, uh, with disco music, it's disco music. That was it. Is it the disco killer? 
1989 Miami, the game revolves primarily around an unnamed silent protagonist dubbed Jacket by fans who have been receiving coded messages of his answering machine instructing him to commit massacres against the local Russian mafia. It's not that? No, that's not it. No. no. Okay. It's annoying. I've even got this game <laughs> on my Steam account and I can't remember what it was called. Oh, shoot. That's going to drive me up a wall, that is. One, one final thing I about Billy about is that at the end when he is chasing pursuing Jess, they yeah. they end up at the basement and she locks the door and he's so aggressive trying to get in that basement door and then suddenly stops. And when he stops, that's it. We're done with Billy. Oh yeah. That that's Billy's in a theory send off until you, right at the end when he's just in the attic. That's it. There's no attacking Billy. We don't see a fight between Jess and Billy. They keep him really strong. And really secret. They they don't they don't overexpose him too much. And I love that. Yeah, he, no. he's he's left a mystery completely. You haven't found it, have you? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna find it and I'm gonna tweet what it is. Do, do, this do, is do. going to bug the crap out of me. I think it's safe to say Black Christmas is, the 1974 Black Christmas, is one of the best uh, Christmas horror films, if not one of the best slasher films made, I'd say. I, I Upon rewatch, I think I loved it even more on rewatch. Um, Christmas film, Christmas horror films, you've got this, Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, and five, but one is the only one you need to watch. Krampus. Uh, Slay Krampus, that's, that's probably Gremlins. You know, that mm. Gremlins is a Christmas horror film. And it's a family-friendly yeah, one. Yeah, Christmas comedy. It is, yes. It is a great film, actually. But Black Christmas is way up there. You do not need to watch the Who remakes. There is two remakes, folks, and they're awful. Um, but yeah, highly recommend this. Highly recommend if you, uh, even though this is coming out on Christmas Day, so if you want it for next year, or you just like Christmas films all year round, watch it. Yeah. <laughs> do give it a shot. Um, it is, I, as someone who's watched it for the first time, it's it was great to see where it pretty much most of it started it was fantastic to see and yeah. even though i will admit it was a bit of a slow burn there was i did get to about 40 minutes in i was sitting thinking oh please let something happen yeah but that i think is a product of our time which yeah. is with slashes now it's like right here's a quick intro to the, the slasher quick build up get into the kills here's all the kids are. here's the big middle part they figure it all out Here's the escape, final goal fight, you know, end. Yeah. Whereas back then it was like, okay, right, we've got the killer. Let's just let's build up the story, build up the characters, make it like it, make it like that. Okay, then wham. Yeah. Similar to like uh, Friday the 13th part two. Big build up. You get to know the characters. You get to fall in love with them. You yeah, you do. Yeah. See little glimpses of Jason. Last half an hour, shit hits the fan. It all goes crazy. Yeah. And it's a roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, completely. So, uh, it's a great film. Go out and find it. Acquire it. It's a pound on Amazon Prime if you want to watch that as well. I had to recommend that to someone today, actually, that it's only a pound if you want to get it on there. Uh, renting, that is. Or yeah. get the 4K release, which I plan to do very soon. Mm. Um, so yeah. Good call. I did try to get Terrifier 2 in uh, HV. Couldn't find it. I was so disappointed. Yeah, on Amazon. I got it on Amazon. Yeah, but the thing is, you sent me that link to the uh, like Ultra Collector's Edition, so I'm like, oh, I oh, might save money for that. That comes out next February, mm. I believe. 
Yeah, that's that might be a uh, Valentine's Day present to myself. Oh, we haven't done a Valentine's Day film yet. Oh, I know which one we're doing next year. Either my bloody oh, Valentine. Yeah. Yes. Or Valentine. No, we're doing my. I haven't heard of that second one, so we're doing my bloody Valentine. Valentine oh. was a early two thousand slasher film with uh, Angel from Buffy. Plus, I do yeah. have an idea for a really quirky episode, which relies on you not listening to anything by Ice Nine Kills. Don't listen to them. Don't look them up. Don't do anything. I know who they will... are. Okay, if you've not heard any of their songs, though, that's great. I have. Because I'm not going. To... <laughs> that's fine. Okay. So long as you, ha- so long as you haven't heard the Silver Scream albums, because it will. I'm going to test your movie knowledge on them. Okay. Because all the songs on those albums are based on horror films. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play you snippets and see if you can get. Oh, okay. I see where you're going. Okay, fine, 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 mm. fine, fine. Yeah, we'll do that. Oh yes. Um, there you go. Terrified two Blu-ray, uh, thirteen pound on Amazon if you want it. That's what I got. Oh. But that is that's our last episode of the year. We made it nearly a whole yep. year. We will make it a year, I think, oh. when we do our first January episode. We're taking we're taking next week off. Uh, Yes, and then we're doing the first week in January, and that'll be our wrap up for the rest of December, rest of uh, 2022 of horror yes. films. We have a few, a few trailer breakdowns, a few trailer reactions. Sorry, that we have to do. We have Screen yep. Six. You had another one. You had a second one, but I can't remember if you said what it was. Yes, it's a one that kind of came out of nowhere called Sixty Five with Adam Driver. Um. Oh, I saw that. That yeah. flashed up the other day. Oh, that kind of okay. dropped and like like Fawns did, but Fawns is a indie film. This is a high budget. That one looks film. good. That Thorn one looks um, interesting. Yeah, sixty. It's just called sixty five. Uh, okay. Don't know much okay. about it. Uh, oh, here we go. Premise: After a catastrophic crash on an unknown planet, pilot Mills quickly discovers he's stranded mm. on Earth. You blew it up. <laughs> yeah, sixty five. Oh wait, no, hang on. Oh, wait, it really does actually. Actually, now I read this. Hang on, let me start it again. After a catastrophic crash on an unknown planet, Pilot Mills quickly discovers he's stranded on Earth. Dot dot dot. Sixty-five million years ago. Now, with oh, only right. one chance at rescue, Mills and the only other survivor, Hoa, must make their way across an unknown terrain riddled with dangerous prehistoric creatures, including dinosaurs, in an epic fight to survive. So this is kind of basically Planet of the Apes with dinosaurs. It's Jurassic Park. It's Jurassic Park, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I saw, interesting enough though, yeah. uh, obviously Jurassic Park is a PG kind of family-ish film. Yeah. Um, if you've ever read the book, the book is a lot darker, a lot more I can more imagine. I can only imagine. Horrific. And actually, if they were to stick, they worked at, if they were to stick, or HBO was to do a... A, a a faithful adaptation of the book it yeah. would be a pure horror tv show because of what would be in it and i sat there going i really hope they do that that'd be fantastic have a could be reviewing jurassic park as like a a pure horror thing it'd be Just great call it jurassic park they've butchered that franchise too much yeah they really have it's i'm i i haven't even seen the latest film and i, was, I sat there thinking i don't really need to it sounds yeah. rubbish right that's it. Let's go have a Christmas. Go have a yes. not hopefully not a black Christmas. We're not gonna have a white Christmas. No. Let's hopefully not have a black Christmas. Yes, um, have a very good Christmas, back, everyone. Yes, have a very good Christmas. Thank you for sticking with us this year. And when we come back, we'll uh, run down 
some other horror films because I got a few other horror films we've not talked about on episodes to just uh, recap. Oh. Um, I've mentioned to you some other ones I've watched this year that have come out this year. Oh, not yes. gonna talk about it now, and we'll talk about it in the wrap up of 2022. Until then, um, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, Podbean, Amazon, and YouTube, all by searching the Dreadcast. That's right. You can find us on TikTok at the Dreadcast. Find us there. You can find us on emails at the Dreadcast Podcast at gmail.com. Send us anything. Subscribe to stuff. We don't care. We'll take it. And you can find us on our own other social medias down there in the uh, little box. That's where you down can find there. us. And the Instagram at the underscore dreadcast. Yeah. I believe that's it. All yeah. Right. Let's get out of here and have a non-black Christmas. Yes, indeed. Stay Thank creepy. You. Oh, sorry. I interrupted you. I was about to say happy Christmas to everyone, but stay, stay creepy instead. Whatever. Okay. Stay creepy and have a good Christmas. Have a good Christmas one and all.